The story of the day has been the sanctions that have been handed down, and only some, because there's more to come most likely. Uh, the investigation's not over yet for Melbourne Victory in their away games, home games, with fans unable to attend up until January 15. So lots happening, and it all begins effectively, immediately. And yes. We know that Melbourne Victory will host Western United on Boxing Day, so uh, all this action uh, from the A-League and more will be on Channel 10 and Paramount Plus, and uh, their league caller is Simon Hill. He joins us now. Simon, um, it's been a big week for the A-League, but only uh, gets bigger now. How would you label the week that's been? Uh, huh. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> catastrophic. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, you, you can't find positives, let's be honest. No. Uh, the only sort of crumb of comfort, I guess, we can draw from the fact is from the press release today, they said they've made 29 arrests, and um, you know, hopefully the rest of the idiots who of course, is to be talking about all this stuff rather than the football all week. Um, we'll be apprehended ASAP, and uh, we can get on with things. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a very uh, very depressing week. Let's put it that way. But but uh, Simon, I mean, uh, you know, little old game here in Melbourne, and uh, you know, uh, and it's gone global, hasn't it? Well, that's one way of putting it, I mm. guess. Mm. <laughs> Hasn't it? I mean, it was, it's sure. horrid that it's... Yeah. I'm not sure that's the way we want it to go global. No, um, no, no. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's made headlines and, okay, <laughs> that's made people aware of the A-League. Well, mm. <laughs> I guess that's something, but... Uh, <laughs> no, it's... Yeah, yeah. Look, it, it's also the nature, obviously, of a global game. Um you know, when there's no club football being played uh, around the rest of the world or, mm-hmm. or very, very few places, then obviously the, you know, the rest of the world is, is looking for stories with regards to the game that most people love. So, mm. uh, that's, that's probably why it's, it's made headlines and, uh, you know, obviously they're pretty ugly scenes as well. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way it is. Yeah, not all is good publicity is it, Simon. But <laughs> you you've seen the you've seen the sanctions today. Do you think this is a fair sanction? Well, look, I think it's only the start, as you mm. mentioned at the mm. top. Uh, mm. I, I think there's probably more to come. I think they're probably, you know, taking their time as as to whether to decide to issue points deductions or, or close stadiums. Obviously, there are. You know, financial ramifications uh, for that, not just for Melbourne Victory, but, uh, you know, when they go uh, travelling to other clubs, obviously they're, they're one of the better supported teams in the country. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that that is paramount in their thinking, but, um, you know, clearly it's, it's something that has to be considered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's understandable that they're taking their time. And in the interim, you know, this is a start. I mean, the, the, the press release is... Uh, it's a little bit difficult to comprehend mm. in places. Yes. A bit of the word salad, as I said on Twitter. <laughs> well um, but, but, you know, th- th- they had to be seen to be doing something. Mm. Um, and obviously they needed to get that in place before uh, not only Christmas, but Victory's next game against Western United, which, of course, is, is a local derby again, mm. um, albeit not as, uh, not as fierce as the one with City. Um, and that's only a few days away, so I guess they have to act reasonably quickly. What, what, but what we're going to see, and I mean, you know, we, we keep talking about the focus of of the, this um, the of the outcome, but we're going to see um, more security at at games. Yeah. You know, mum and dad are going to go with the kids, and they're going to have you know getting yeah. you know screened and waved and looked at and checked and all these sorts of things. Yeah. It just has to impact on the people's desire to go and watch their team play. Well, of course it does. Uh, and this is why people like me uh, mm. who, you know, led the charge 
uh, to have a, a proper discussion about football crowds and understanding football culture and the fact that it's different the way our supporters, you know, support our game. Um, I, I just throwing their hands up in the air this week because all that good work has, has basically been thrown in the bin by a handful of, of idiots. Um, and, you know, we're, we're back to square one, not only with the security around the games, but also the perception of, of what our game is all about. Now, you know, we all know that 99% of people who go to A-League games are, are perfectly fine. And the actives are as well. You know, this, this has become a real focus. Oh, you've got to get rid of the actives. Well, you know, 99% of them across the league, including Melbourne Victory fans, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, support their team in exactly the right way. But when you get hijacked by a handful of idiots, and, you know, we all know the reason why they were protesting, and, and I completely support fans' right to... Uh, conduct peaceful protests, which is what yes. most of the other supporters did around the country at yes, yeah. uh, the weekend. And I, I hear that they will continue over the coming weeks. Right. But, mm. you know, you, you cannot be running onto the pitch. You cannot be, um, you know, whacking people in the head with buckets. It, it's oh. just an absolute disgrace. Mm. And I, I'm not going to defend that behaviour because I can't and I don't want to. How, so, Simon, sorry, but how yeah, well, are these um people, I'm not calling them fans or supporters, but these twits getting the number of flares into a a stadium, into a ground, and then having the ability to activate them and and impact? Well, the the honest answer is I don't know, because I've I've never actually actually held a flare. I I mean, I know you can buy them at boat shops, but uh, it's... It's a, it's a very specific thing. Now, what I'm, from what I'm led to believe, you know, they're, they're quite sort of long and thin and they can be easily concealed around certain parts of your body. Of now, obviously you get pat downs before you go mm-hmm. inside a stadium mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. certainly the actors would do, I'd imagine. But unless you're going to have, you know, full length body scanners, uh, to outside turnstiles, mm-hmm. it's sometimes very difficult to detect where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, and you know clearly they're they're pretty inventive at getting them into the stadiums, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but they're illegal. And you know that this hasn't changed all, all the way throughout the course of the Alex history. That those things are illegal. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and you know if, if if you bring one in, you, you're running the risk of uh, well, you are you're breaking the law. Basically. Yes, you are. But but even further than that, they're bloody dangerous. I mean, oh, yeah. yes, yes, it's illegal to lug them around and not yeah. use them for, for, for not the purpose for which they're on, but it's just so dangerous in a closed environment like that. It, 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 it's well, horrible. Look, you know, the, the, there are ways of doing it. If, if this is the way that uh, football uh, football fans want to, you know, express the, their, their fandom, there are ways of doing this in a safe way. And the A-League did explore this a while back. I don't know what's happened to this. Uh, it's called safe smoke, where, you know, where, where yeah. you can you, you can uh, light a flare, but it, it's done in a safe manner. The, the issue comes when when the flares are in enclosed areas, as you say, and, or they're thrown, mm. and that's when mm. it becomes a massive problem. Now, mm. I, I know Tom Glover's, you know, had a bit of stick in various places, and people are saying, well, "What about sanctions for him um, because he threw the, the flare back into the crowd?" Mm. Now, I'm not defending what Tom Glover did, no, no. but the fact is, is that the things are are illegal. So, if they're not in the ground in the first place, he doesn't have to throw them anywhere. Mm. Correct. Um, so I think it's a bit of a circular argument in that mm. regard. But um, anyway, look, just you know, a horrible week, and uh, you know, this, obviously the sooner we can get back to normal, the better. Mm. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a while.
unfortunately. It's, and, it's, and it's so sad because it's come off, as we've been speaking about all week, the back of such a successful campaign for the Socceroos, Socceroos. and yet yeah. we sort of now have to shift our attention to something entirely different. Uh, it yeah. sort of re- gets me to this question. Do you think this sport of football can ever be the number one sport in this country if this is how, you know, it's not the culture of the fans, but unfortunately there are people out there that think that that's acceptable in this land. How much longer and how much further do we have to go? Clearly a long way before we can even get close to having that conversation. Well, look, you know, first of all, my, my opinion is I don't really care if we're number one in the country. I, I don't okay. care about a, a league table of, of sports. What, what I care about is the game of football fulfilling its potential. And, you know, we all know that we're the biggest participated sport in the country. We're the biggest uh, football code, biggest sport in the world. Mm. So there is an awful lot of blue sky ahead of us. And we have only just begun to, I've said this many times, Mm. only just begun to scratch the surface of the potential of the game in this country. But unfortunately, we keep hitting these massive roadblocks. And it's so super frustrating uh, Mm. for everybody concerned. Um, So, you know, until it sorts out its own problems, and it's not just this, by the way, you know, we've got an awful lot of internal factionalism that that has existed for decades, longer than I've been in the country, Mm. until we get a united sport that is all working with each other rather than against each other, we are going to continue to fail to fulfil that potential. This is one element of it, and obviously it's very Mm. topical at the moment because it's made headlines all over the world. But when this dies down, and it will, uh, you know, we're going to still have what is effectively a fractured game. And this is why what I did in my radio show the other night is yeah. call for an extraordinary summit, get everybody around a table. We have all got to decide on a future and a strategy to get us there collectively. Because mm-hmm. at the moment, we're in a thousand different pieces still. It's it's so difficult because it, I, I can feel it in your voice as well, Simon, but it is that passion for the game and people have that yep. with their club and nothing is ever going to touch tarnish that and if I have to go and make a statement about it and that just tells people about my passion for my group, my team, my club, yep. well then I'm going to end up making a bloody silly well, mistake. Well, I mean, you, you, you can have that passion. Look, you know, when I was a teenager, I, obviously everybody knows I follow Manchester City and I grew yeah. up, you know, I was on the terraces week in, week out. I travelled on football special trains. Mm-hmm. I went on supporters club buses. I protested against things. I held up banners. I went and stood outside Main Road and chanted for Peter Swales, our, our then chairman, to resign because I thought the next guy was better. Yep, yep, uh, I was yep. wrong, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, but... Uh, you know, you can do all that in a peaceful manner. It doesn't mean you have to throw flares okay. or kick in cars mm. or throw buckets at players' faces. Yes. I mean, yes. th- there is a line, and 99% of people know exactly where that yeah. line is. Yes. Yes. You know, it's the same that you get involved in an argument in a shopping centre with, with some guy. You know, you might exchange words and you might exchange frank opinions, but you don't just land one on him because yeah. you lose your rack. No. You, you know, because then you run in the risk of, of falling foul of the law. And mm. uh, quite why these people do this, if they are football fans, and they could well be, all they have done is damage the game. You know, some would say pretty significantly. Yes. Um, I, if that's the case and they are football fans, well, I hope they're damn proud of themselves this morning mm. because... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, you've just ruined it for everybody and, put, and set us back. Correct. And and what we're going to see is just the horrible situation of closed-off areas with tarpaulins over the seats, mm. and it just yep. yeah, and and. Every time the camera goes there, well, the commentary or people involved with it are going to have to explain, well, that's well, there because... You know, we, 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 saw, we saw on on Sunday the first, you know, uh, ramifications of this. Now, there's a game between MacArthur and Perth, and goodness me, there were, you know, not that many people there. Yeah. The MacArthur active area, which, you know, is pretty sparsely populated, to be honest, and the security came in and confiscated a drum. I mean, goodness me. Uh, but, but this is, you know, these are the after effects that mm. we're going to mm. sustain as a game mm. Um, mm. because of the actions of a few mindless idiots. Mm. And I, I feel so sorry for the for the proper victory supporters today because mm. they're going to suffer the worst because well, of these sanctions. But it has to be done, unfortunately. Look, and they're going to be known. You, you make a very, very good point there, Simon. I'm, oh, you, you're a Melbourne victory supporter. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Who didn't go on the ground? Who's never been with the flair? Who supported yeah. the club and paid his membership? And you know, you're a Melbourne victory supporter. Simon, are you going to be at the yeah. Melbourne Victory Western United game on Boxing Day? Uh, no, I don't think I'm doing that game. Okay. Um, but I'm I'm doing the Melbourne City Central Coast Mariners game the day after, and uh, I think they've got some uh, closures as well in their mm. active area because you know they. they some of their fans didn't necessarily behave that mm. well either. So, mm. yeah, it's yeah, pretty. Um, a pretty miserable Christmas, but uh, hopefully yeah. the you know the action on the field will uh, will sort it all out. And you're right that you know all this two weeks after all the hype of the World Cup and yeah. sometimes it's a good job I've still got my hair at 55. <laughs> I've torn plenty of it out this week. Let me tell you, Simon. Uh, before <laughs> we let you go, we've been uh, and, and I want to lift the spirits just yeah, a little bit because yeah. it has been one of those chats. Change it up a bit. It's yeah. been one of those weeks as well for a Friday. We've been talking about our favourite pieces of sporting commentary. This one has been sent through on the text line, which I like. Aloisi's goal to put Australia into the World Cup. Let's just quickly play it. Here's Aloisi for a place in the World Cup. For us. <laughs> I know you've heard oh, that a thousand God. times, but do you actually do you actually love that piece of commentary or not? No, I hate it. <laughs> it's, it's probably the most played piece of commentary of my entire career, and I can't stand it. Yeah. <laughs> can I, can so I ask the way it goes? Can I ask what is your favourite piece of a piece of sporting commentary? You'd, you'd have idols, you'd have sporting memories of yours that are iconic or just meaningful. What, what, do you have any that come yeah. straight to mind? Yeah, look, there's a there's a piece of commentary from uh, my, my commentary hero back in the day. He was a guy called Brian Butler, um, who worked for the old BBC Radio Two. And uh, the second goal that Diego Maradona scored against England, 1986. Not that I celebrated it. <laughs> um, it's just a, a brilliant piece of commentary. To his cadence and his intonation oh. and says something about Maradona and he had a lovely West Country English accent oh, spins on the, on the centre circle and runs towards goal <laughs> slippery as little eel and that is why Maradona is one of the greatest players in the world listen to absolutely that absolutely brilliant it's unbelievable Simon. brilliant well, we no, always Simon. appreciate getting you, you on mate, the show but mate uh, it has been a heavy week but we'll try and lighten it our best and get back to the A-League action it's all on 10 and Paramount Plus mate best of luck this week and Merry Christmas 
Good, good on you guys. Merry Christmas to you and all your listeners as well. Fantastic. Cheers, Simon, Simon Hill. Simon Hill. Absolutely brilliant. And it is. It's 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 quality commentary. Oh. The goal is. <laughs> and he's say anything. And he's one of the greats in the country. Is Simon Hill? So he's learned from some of those. Get at him, and uh, yeah, the, the ability to be able to get to him and chat. He's just just wonderful.